Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame, or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. My guest, Kelly Frazier, has a story that many can relate to. You know, we often have a path that we've traveled on for quite a while. When we have a career where we live, ministries we're involved in, the life that we're living just in general. And then Jesus comes and challenges us to take a turn into a new direction. Isn't that what the disciples went through when they first began to follow Jesus? Kelly is going to share with us her journey and of the new things God has led her to. Welcome, Kelly, to the Fully Restored Podcast. Thank you so much, Kristen. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, it's a joy to have you. So Kelly, just tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do in your family. Well, I grew up in a little tiny state called Vermont. Not many many people know about Vermont, (laughs) but both my husband and I grew up there and we ended up going kind of different directions. He ended up in the military and I tried to create a single life. And the Lord continuously reminded me that when I was 13, the Lord told me that I was to marry my husband. And I did not even know him at the time, but I saw him go by a truck and we locked eyes while he was driving by in the truck. And that's when the Holy Spirit said, this will be your husband. Now, I had no idea how that was supposed to happen. But two years later, I see him walking down my high school corridor and God reminded me again, this will be your husband. So sure enough, we ended up marrying when we were in our early 20s. We ended up just, you know, going about our lives like he was military. Like I said, he got out at 16 and a half years. And then I just basically raised the family. And when there was a point in time where things were beginning to shift, I had some really destructive things happen in our family. I lost my 18 year old nephew to a drowning. I lost my little sister to cancer. We lost our family business. We lost so much in one year's time. And Kristen, I don't know if your listeners can relate to that. I'm sure they can. But what ended up happening was at the end of that year, I ended up with a traumatic brain injury. Now, I don't know if you know anybody with a traumatic brain injury or not, but sometimes they can be two years old. Sometimes they can be 20. Sometimes they wake up with paralysis. Sometimes they don't wake up at all. I mean, you just never know what's going to happen. And I feel like I ran the full gamut and the Lord was so, so good because even though my 11 year old daughter was our caregiver or my caregiver at the time, the Lord came into my room one morning and it was a total game changer. He showed me these visions of writing books and public speaking and impacting people all around the world. And all I saw was faces. Well, I did not know what to do with that. So I simply cried out, Lord, what is this about? How is any of that supposed to happen? And I remember that so clearly because that morning when I sat up, there was no more paralysis. There was no more pain in my body. And I literally felt the spirit of the Lord in that room. And as I'm talking about it, I can just feel the little tremble that I had that morning. And that was when everything began to shift. So your story is about... God coming in and really um, rocking your world 
is what you're talking about. But there is a lot that happened that brought you to that place that morning where God started showing you the visions about writing books and public speaking and around the world and all that stuff. But that year was a difficult year. In that moment, did you begin to have your healing from the traumatic brain injury and then the loss that you're dealing with, the grief and the loss and on so many different levels of what you were dealing with? Where was that transition? Where was that work of what God was doing with you? I love, though, too, before before you say that, I love how God always comes in and gives us hope in the middle of our darkest times. And that was a dark time for you. So how did you walk through that? That is such a good question. I actually did not know how to walk through it. I did not know what I was even walking through. For six months, that was during the brain injury time where my little girl was my caregiver. And to begin to heal from that, it only could have taken God to make that transition happen because it literally happened overnight. So the morning that I woke up and I saw that it was black outside my window and I started thinking, well, how can any of this happen then? I knew that it was the Lord that was doing it. And he gave me a choice when he showed me those visions. When I asked him kind of in a snarky way, I was like, how is any of that supposed to happen? And what I heard, and it seemed like it was an audible voice in that room. I heard two words, trust me. That's all I heard. And the feeling that I had that overcame me, it it totally overpowered me, was that I had a choice. I could trust him or I could go my own way. And I relented right there. I just totally let go and surrendered. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And from that point on, I can't even tell you the myriad of miracles that took place. But I can say that my life, my trajectory of my life ended up with people that were in high places. Like I didn't just start from the bottom. I literally started from the top. God connected me to all these people that were like high-end marketers or high-end business people. And I did not understand why I was there. Because if you knew who I was prior to the brain injury, which I am not the same person today, but I'm told that I was excruciatingly shy to the point where I remember I was a musician, but I would not perform. (laughs) And if I had to perform, I would be purple faced and probably crying halfway through the song because it was so difficult. So I, I don't know if that answers your question, but that truly is how the Lord led me. And yeah, from that point on to where I am today, I literally, those three visions that he showed me, I've written 11 books for adults, a couple for children. I've spoken all over the world because of, you know, fortunately, because we've got the internet (laughs) and, you know, ended up really impacting thousands of people all around the world. And it's just mind blowing to me how simple it is to obey, but how difficult it is that we make it, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking as you were talking about just before you said obey, that it's about obedience when when God gives us an opportunity to do something new, to step into something new. Sometimes it feels like we've just been thrown out of a plane (laughs) and our parachute hasn't been let out yet and we're afraid of heights and we're thrown out and we're falling. And I can remember so many seasons in my life of having that same feeling where God's saying, I want you to do something. It's like, that is so out of my comfort zone. And, um, you know, having that image of that song free falling going through my head as I'm like falling to the plunging to the earth. Actually, it feels like at times, 
when we're obedient to God, but he's asking us those two words that he said to you, trust me, mm-hmm. you know, do you trust me? And can you trust me? And just trust me. And that alone could be a book of just pondering about that, about our levels of trust. And when God has something new, you know, when as I was preparing for our conversation today, I kept thinking about the disciples of how each encounter that they had with God, with Jesus, they had to trust. And when he said to follow them, to follow him, for them to follow him. And here Jesus comes in at a time when you're devastated, you're hurting, you're struggling with an injury. And then he says, trust me. So so did that, was there physical healing that took place that day as well? Like, was there a change that took place physically when you said yes? Completely. Yeah. The only thing that I still dealt with, um, I used to have like nine and 10 seizures a day. And those seizures only, I think, came probably once a week, maybe once every two weeks at that point. And I knew it was so interesting, Kristen, because I knew that as long as I kept my eyes focused on Jesus. So what does that look like? Just to say those words, like, what does that mean exactly? I'll tell you what that means. It means when I wake up in the morning, I'm seeking the kingdom first. I'm not going to my Facebook. I'm not going to my phone. I'm not going to anything except Jesus. That's where I'm headed. And so I spent that time with the kingdom first thing in the morning. But let me tell you, when I didn't, that was when a seizure would take place. And so I started to make this connection and I'm like, what is going on? Like, why is it when I am totally focused on the Lord? And then I realized he says to seek the kingdom, right? Seek the kingdom first and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. He doesn't say seek the kingdom. And then if you keep searching, then you're going to find these other things that are going to be added. No, no, no. He says, seek the kingdom and his righteousness, which is like a covering for us, and all things will be added, like he's giving them to you. So if I didn't start my day by seeking the kingdom first, and I would just kind of go about my day, then I noticed there was a shift inside of me, almost like there was that protection was gone. Now, I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just saying that that's how I interpreted it at the time. And so I began to notice this and there was also this emotional instability that would occur. And so I said, okay, I don't want any more of that. I need to start seeking the kingdom. And so I began to journal. And so every morning that journal became my prayer time with God, my seeking the kingdom first. And little by little, all the seizures stopped. And so all I kept doing was just praising him. And for the next 15 years, I literally, I cannot tell you the number of miracles and the number of people that that came to Christ because of what I did, including, and I don't know how your listeners feel about this, but the Lord put a healing ministry in me and people began to be healed. Not everybody, but many people began to be healed. And so I was just like, Lord, you are just so incredibly awesome. Like I just, I have no words when it comes to how I honor God. Sometimes I'm literally face down on the floor in such awe of the power of God. I love how you talked about the focusing on Jesus, you know, seek God's kingdom first, not phone, not our phone, not Facebook, not all those distractions, but seeking God first and then journaling in that prayer time with God. 
And out of that obedience, out of that pressing in to God, like, I want more of you, God, out of all of that, he began this healing in you, but not just a healing in you. He transformed you and began to use you in ways beyond what you could ever imagine. Mm, Amen. Yeah. Exactly. And you're right, because what he tells us is that anything beyond we th- we can think or imagine, right? And yeah. that that was what gripped me, Kristen. I was just like, Lord, I would never have done any of these things had you not come into my life that morning. Like, I don't understand why I, oh, I can get emotional just talking about that. Ugh. It was just so intense, but so powerful to think that God would would choose me, right? But he chooses all of us. What we don't do is choose him first thing in the morning or to seek the kingdom throughout our day. And so my whole day became a prayer life. I would look at something and I'd just be like, Lord, thank you so much. And it would come from my gut, like really from my gut, not from my head and not from my lips. And I would just be like, oh, Father, I just praise you so much for my children. or I praise you so much for that mountain or the breath in my lungs. And one of the things I think I want to share this because this is so vitally important. What he told me one day, he told me to breathe. And I was like, breathe? I'm like, Lord, I am breathing. And then I heard it again. And again, I'm like, Lord, I don't understand. I am breathing. If I wasn't breathing, I'd be dead, right? And then, I mean, I'm I'm just being a little cocky with him. Then he said it again. He said, Kelly, breathe. Why do you think my breath is not important? Did I not breathe the breath of life into you? And oh my goodness, it was just incredible what took place. Because in that moment, I began to see like inside of my, this is going to sound really cray cray to people, but inside of my body, I saw my organs, how they were all shriveled up because I was not allowing the breath of life inside of me. I wasn't slowing down. I wasn't taking time. I wasn't being still, right? So when I heard that, I knew how powerful that was. And so I began to teach a lot of my clients later on how to breathe and how, you know, the high anxiety right now, everybody deals with high anxiety, stress, I mean, panic attacks and all these different things. If people could just slow down and just breathe and just listen to the breath in their lungs, that's when God can speak. Yes. Amen. I'm like, licensed counselor and a licensed pastor. And one of the things I share with people is when you take a slow, deep breath, you're breathing in the Holy Spirit and you're breathing in God's peace. And when you breathe out, you're breathing out your anxiety and you're breathing out all the tension. We need to focus on God and on who he is. And that was what God was having you do, was breathe in his presence, and out of that, great healing is taking place for you. Exactly. Exactly. And that was still during the time of healing, and that was 2008, actually. So it was quite a long time ago. So the the numerous people that have been truly healed from anxiety because of just spending five minutes with them and just, you know, helping them breathe from the top of their heads down to their toes and releasing all of the the yuck. I call it the dirty diaper, actually, if you want to know the truth. Yeah. It's like when you hold on to that dirty diaper that is smelly, is uncomfortable sometimes, but we're comfortable in being uncomfortable, that it just it's just so hard to sit in, but it's harder to take it off and get cleaned up and then move forward for some yeah. reason. 
That is that human nature that says, no, 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 I'm good. I don't need any help. No, I'm good. That's okay. Thanks anyways. That's wanting to sit in that dirty diaper. And that is what we've got to stop doing. Well, and it's also really just a spirit of independence. Like I'm independent and, oh, it's okay. I don't need any help, but we need God's help. We need God's help every day in our life. We need to surrender, take up our cross and follow Jesus. That's what the scripture tells us. And taking up our cross and following Jesus means that we have to die to our flesh. We have to die to our pride. We have to die to our independence. And nobody's going to tell me what to do, or I'm going to do this my way in a society where that's everything we hear and see around us. Mm-hmm. Oh, amen. You could not have spoken it any clearer than that, Kristen. Honestly, it's just exactly what you said. You know, when you think about just competitiveness, we're just going to take competitiveness. Now, I know that's this is going to hit a lot of people who especially are in sports and very athletic, where they love to sit and watch sports on television or talk about it in church all the time, right? That competitiveness, I was driving down the road one day and I was singing a song. Oh, what was the girl? Tasha Cobb, I think, like break. It's like break every chain, break every chain. It's an yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I'm listening to it. I'm singing at the top of my lungs. And then the Lord says to me, tell, he gave a person's name, which I won't give here because he's a very famous pastor. Tell so-and-so to stop talking about football in church. And I was like, what? Right in the middle of this song. And I'm singing at the top of my lungs. And I turn off the radio and I'm like, Lord, what did you just say? And he said it again. And I was like, but I don't understand. And then before I even got the words out of my mouth, he said, competition was not what I created. That came from the enemy. And I was like, what? And then he asked me the question. He said, who was the first person in your mind that started competition? The first person I thought of? Actually, I'm going to ask you, Kristen, who's, who would be the first person in your mind that started competition? Oh, I would say Satan. Mm. Well, that's exactly who it was. But my answer was Cain. Oh, yes. Abel. Yeah. That's Abel. where I went, right? And that's where most people go because I've asked the question numerous times and that's what everybody says. So the Lord showed me, no, it was Lucifer. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be God. And so competitiveness puts one over the other. Now, here's what's interesting. I was headed to a Bible study and this man and woman came up and talked to me and I didn't know who they were. I had just met them. And so the woman begins to talk and the husband talks over her. She begins to talk again and he talks over her again. She talks the third time and he does it again. And the Lord said, stop him. This is what I was talking about. And so I put my hand up and I said, excuse me. I said, please, sir. I know your wife needs to tell me this story, but you keep interrupting. The woman burst into tears. She said, we've been together for 45 years and he has always done that to me. And no one, no one could stop him. Mm. She said, please, Lord, stop him now. He had no idea. He was completely oblivious. (laughs) He apologized to her. He apologized to me. Guess who those people were? The pastor's name that he told me to talk to they were getting to meet him in an hour. Now, only God could do something like that because I didn't even know the pastor. But this couple was about to meet him at that time. It was mind-blowing. And since then, I don't think that pastor has ever talked about football again. (laughs) So I think the important thing for us to remember is what you said is absolutely true. We want to do it our way. We want to do it with pride And we want to do it independent and we want to do it in competition. We want to be better than someone else, or we want to think ourselves as more spiritual than someone else. That's not what God says. 
We are all broken people at some point in our lives. Only when we can accept Christ does everything shift and change. I feel like, Kelly, we have just gone completely off script, but that's what I love because I always pray and ask the Holy Spirit to direct us. And I feel like there are some people that need to hear this today that, again, I'm going back to what you said about focusing on Jesus, that we have lost our focus. As a people, we have lost our focus. And going back to seeking God's kingdom first, seek the kingdom of God first, not our kingdom, the kingdom of self. And out of that, God pours into us. He ministers to us. He uses us. And that's what happened out of your obedience, out of you pressing in and saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And that means I need to focus on you. And that means I need to seek your kingdom first. So that means I'm not going to you know, do Facebook or phone or any of these other things first. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to pray and have a journal. And out of that, yes, God gave you a vision of what he wants to do in and through you. But there's steps. That's the letter M. And you're at step A. And all these things that you started doing were step B, step C, step D, going through all the letters in the alphabet to get to M. Because God doesn't, he, he speaks to us and inspires us, but he doesn't just hand it to us in our lap. We have a responsibility. He also purifies us. He refines us in that journey. And so you are pressing into him and saying, yes, Lord, whatever he asked of you, you were saying, yes, I'll do that, Lord, send me. But I know I got to press into you. I need to know more of you. And through that, he began to use you in mighty ways and continues to use you. And a healing ministry comes out of that as well, which we need that. We need healing. We have too many wounded people, wounded Christians and non-Christians who go everywhere else for healing except for Jesus. Oh, amen. You're so right. And it's not just for us, Kristen, it's for our children. If we had any idea what we were teaching our children, and that is now where God told me to put my focus was to talk to the children because the adults are not listening and that it was the children who were going to glorify his name. And when I heard those words, I had no idea what that even meant. But it's the children who are watching what we do and the choices that we make. And if we run to Facebook or if we run to the doctor before we run to the Lord, that's what they're learning to do as well. Yeah. So let's transition. Let's talk about the children. How did Fetch the Goodness come about? Well, okay. So God sent me to Israel. And I say he sent me to Israel based on this. I was making my bed one morning and I heard Israel. And I was like, Israel, why am I hearing Israel, Lord? And I know the Lord in my relationship with him. If he wants me to know about it, he'll tell me about it. So 10 minutes later, I'm out talking to my husband and I said, babe, I said, what's going on? And he goes, well, I'm making you breakfast, which was super sweet. And he said, my, I was just getting off the phone with my sister. And then he starts telling me the story and how she wants to go to Israel. And I was like, what? Why did you just say your sister wants to go to Israel? He looks at me, his eyes get really big. He goes, I didn't say that. And I'm thinking, am I losing my mind? <laughs> like, I know you just said that. So then I go to get in my car, which I was on my way to church. I go to get in my car. And when I hit the button, because it's a push button, my key fob 
goes according to my settings. So when I get in, my mirrors adjust and my seat adjusts. And yes, I'm very blessed that way. But when I get in the car, I never listen to the radio. But this morning, the radio was blaring, like almost at 30 instead of 10, you know. And so when I pushed the button, all I heard was, if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, just say yes and amen. And I pushed the the radio button off and I'm just sitting there shaking to my core and I'm squeezing my my steering wheel and I'm like, what is happening? You know, because that was so intense and I did not want to go to Israel. That was the last place that you would have ever heard me say I wanted to go. And I don't even know why. I can't even tell you why. So I get to church and I'm walking through the parking lot and I'm like, okay, Lord, if you truly want me to go there, you're going to have to put it in front of my face because I so do not want to go there. Well, what happens? I end up in the front seat because there were no other seats and the usher brought me down to the front row. And what comes up on the screen? A tour to Israel, which I had never seen before. (laughs) So I went to Israel and you know what he told me? I asked him, why do I have to go to Israel, Lord? Why? Please just tell me why. And before I got the question out, he said to learn how to have fun. And Mm. I was like, what? Couldn't I just go to Frankie's Fun Park? I couldn't understand. <laughs> so I did go, but he told me to invite this young lady to come with me. She's 40 years old and she's considered young from my perspective because I'm in my 60s. And when we went to Israel, I did not know much about her, but she she was fun. She had me laughing hysterically at times and she she really helped me to have some fun. When I came back, we landed in the Charlotte International Airport and there were military men with guns over their shoulders. People were masked up. And I was like, did we just get hijacked? And everybody was asking the same question. Like, did we actually land in the U.S.? Like, where, where is this? We had no idea what was going on. This was just before COVID began. When I landed at home here in the States, um, I heard that my daughter was going into labor to have her baby in Canada. So I fly to Canada And the baby was born. He's absolutely beautiful. And I'm laying on his floor on an air mattress. That's where I was sleeping. And at four or so, I don't know what time it was. Actually, I heard the Lord say, talk to the children. The adults are not listening. It is the children who will glorify my name. Again, I did not know what that meant. And as I went to ask the question, what does that mean, Lord? Now I begin to see three images, just like I did the first time. I saw an image of a children's puppet show. I saw an image of parents like praising the Lord because they had come to Jesus because of the show. And then I saw a network television and it was an actual television network. And in my mind, I translated as YouTube because I wanted nothing to do with television at the time. I was just a coach. I was a trainer and I didn't know anything about television. When I got back to the States, we just barely made it across the border and before they closed the border down. So when I got back home, that was when I remembered that my daughter, who is now married and having her own family, she left a toy box here that had this little dumpy looking puppet in the bottom of her toy box. And so I go climbing through the toy box and there it is, the ugliest little puppet I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do with this thing, but it's really homely. And so he said, fix it up. And I was like, okay. So I put little clothes on her, put little bows in her hair, little pigtails and made her kind of cute. And that's when this friend of mine, he told her to come and help. And so we began Fetch the Goodness. And today, really, it's all about teaching the children how to have a champion mindset, how to have confidence, how to have the character of Christ. How to, how to know who they are and whose they are. Exactly what we're talking about today, Kristen. 
These children are being so confused by every ideology out there that if we are not teaching them who Jesus is and who they are in the kingdom of God, they're lost. And I can't, I can't live another day feeling that there's a child out there that needs this. What a powerful, just a powerful encounter with God. And obviously there's a pattern of how God talks to you, which makes me think about for the listeners, you know, there's a pattern of how God talks to us. There are things that he, how he says to us, because it's personalized for you, he did it that way, right? For you, it was a pattern of three, you know, it was a vision and a pattern of three and putting this burden, this call, because when we get a call, we feel a burden and a passion for it to pursue it, to teach the children, to teach them the things of God. And through the children, the parents are praising God. And here God's opening doors for you left and right, and you're being obedient. You're being obedient to each one. And I'm just thinking back to when you said before the traumatic brain injury that you were very shy and you were fearful. Did that ever come back into you, especially like as this is you know, he's, he's telling you after this, after this encounter at Israel and, and going to Canada for your grandchild to be born, was there fear and anxiety or was there that piece of, okay, God? Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to answer this in a way that it's going to make people a little uncomfortable. So every bit of this, every time the Lord tells me something, it is a statement of you will be uncomfortable, Kelly, because it goes against your human nature. Okay. Our supernatural nature is so different than our human nature. And if we cannot put on that supernatural nature that we, that God wants to give us through his kingdom, remember what he said, he will add it to us. Okay. Think about the armor of God. When he tells you that you can put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sandals of peace, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. When you put those things on every morning, people see God. They can't see you. You're completely covered in that armor. Okay. So yes, I'm going to tell you, yes, that fear came back. Every single time he tells me to go and do something, absolutely. I'm like, really, Lord, is that really what you want me to do? Right. And then I realized, Kelly, he's called you to this. This is what you've agreed to. You are going to follow through. In fact, just recently, a couple of days ago, he told me to get off social media completely. And I thought that would be like just shutting everything down, but I'm going to obey you. And I obeyed the first time. I didn't wait until he told me several times. I obeyed the first time, but it really did take, it took months for me to actually do it. And I didn't have to hear it two or three times. But let me, let me say this. When I had the, because I have, I have two things. I have the membership site that's online. And then I have a live event that the children come to. There's six classes that they come to. When they have the graduation, I did not realize, Kristen, that that whole, you know, breaking out in blotches and all that, I thought that was gone because I hadn't experienced it in two years. Well, during the graduation, the audience thought they had to call an ambulance because here comes that roaring, <laughs> the blood flow in my face was like purple. And I was like, no, but you know what caused it? It was a Kelly thought. It wasn't a Jesus thought. It was a Kelly thought. And this is where I wish we could all understand when the supernatural power of God is on us, we don't have to worry about the Kelly thoughts. 
We have to just simply obey what God is telling us to do. And when we can do that, we don't deal with our old self, right? That, that old man is dead, according to Christ, when we are baptized. And so when we have that new man that we can put on, it's a completely different supernatural being. And we don't have to have all that fear. But yes, I mean, all of us are human. We all get into those positions of kind of rebelling against God, I would say. And that shyness, it's not a shyness. And I really want parents to not say that their children are shy because you're giving them permission to not move forward in a supernatural way. You're telling them, hey, she's human, she's shy, right? It's an internal focus. And we need to allow our children to grow in God, who is so much bigger and wants your child to do so much bigger. And so think so much bigger. And the only way you can do that is by encouraging them to step out, even if they are shy currently. So that's, I'd really want to encourage your parents to just teach your children to step out, encourage them that they can do it instead of saying they can't do it. And we always use that little word yet. I can't do it yet. Right. And that encourages them to keep going. That's the champion mindset that we, that we teach. So it's super important. And that was making me think about our spiritual muscle memory that the first time that God was speaking things to you, you know, there was a hesitancy or there was an uncertainty or like, oh God, you're asking me to do this. And then each time we still get triggered because we can't ever say we're not going to get triggered, but it's how we respond. And the response is obedience and believing and what God is saying. And so you have developed that spiritual muscle memory over time. And that's basically what you're saying. And the other side of it is for kids, well, really for anybody with anxiety, the thing that we tell people to overcome anxiety is face what you're fearful of. Don't avoid it, because if you avoid it, then your life gets more protected, more limited. So we need to press past that. We need to face our fears and not cower at our fears. And we could probably keep on talking about this <laughs> so long here, Kelly, but unfortunately, the show only has so long for us to talk. Just real brief, could you share with us two or three things for our listener as they're beginning their own journey of healing, um, their own journey of stepping into new things? You've already talked about one, which is trusting God's voice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would say then the second thing would be just to get into action, whatever you hear and don't doubt. And this is what everybody does. They, they think it's their own brain. And this is where a lot of people will say, Kelly, I just want to learn how to hear the Lord the way you do. We all hear the Lord, but not very many people doubt or don't doubt what they hear. I never doubt. I never doubt whether it's my voice or God's voice, because I know I would not be thinking these things. I certainly wouldn't have sent myself to Israel. So, you know, we just don't doubt. And when you don't doubt, then you're able to go forward with confidence. And let me just, let me just put a little cautionary uh, moment here in for you as well. As much as we want to trust God and as much as we want to move forward with confidence with what he's telling us to do, when you do that, scripture does say that the world will hate you. And I, and I don't want to end on this kind of a note, but I am going to tell you that by my shifting from all the obedience that I was doing with the, the coaching that I had done, it was called The Set Free Life, and I moved into this, this little kid's show, I have never in my life received more hatred than what I have now. And it's because the enemy is so angry that I am raising up children who are glorifying God, yeah. okay? 
So yeah. don't for a second think that by your obedience, everything is going to be a piece of cake. And Chris and I were talking about that before we got online here, that that's the power of God in you that people are in awe of. So I'll just leave you with those, those thoughts. So where is, in our final few moments that we have here, where is Fetch the Goodness currently and how can people connect with you online? Oh, well, thank you so much for that. Um, you are more than, well, since I'm getting off of social media, <laughs> um, the only place, there's two places that you can reach me. One is on a new app. It's called Public Square and that's SQ for square, publicsquare.com. That's an app for, it's actually for business owners, Christian people. But then if you want to actually see what Fetch the Goodness is about, then I would encourage you to go and learn more at fetchthegoodness.com. And instead of doing www, for some reason, it is not working that way. You have to do HTTPS, I think it is, or just type in your browser, fetchthegoodness.com, and it should come up. Okay, great. It has been wonderful having you here with me, Kelly. I really appreciate it. I feel like there were so many nuggets that can really minister to the listeners and challenge them in their thinking and to grow as they're pondering them, as they're bringing them before the Lord, that there are opportunities of growth for everyone. In, in the last 30 seconds we've got here, could you pray for our listeners? Thank you for asking me to do that. Absolutely. Father, I first just want to acknowledge you and just praise you. You are our Elohim, our, our Jehovah God, our, our creator, the great I am. And Father, we just honor you. I know that there are your children that are listening here today, your sons and your daughters. These are your family, Father. And I am praying in Jesus' name that you can touch them, anoint the spirit in them, to remind them that your spirit is already there and that what that anointing can do is just help them to trust you more, to not doubt and to just bless them in ways that they could never think or imagine. Get them to grow, Father, in ways that they will just be so set free and completely at peace knowing that you are their God, that they may spend time with you in the kingdom before they do anything else. We praise you, Father. We thank you for what Kristen is doing and how she is bringing people together in this audience. I pray, Father, you will bless her tremendously in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Kelly, for joining us today. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, fullyrestored.love. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. And I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a rating or a comment as well whatever platform you're listening to us on, people look to those ratings and comments when they're looking for a new show. I would love to stay connected with you. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Both of those are at author Kristen Klaus. I pray this episode of the Fully Restored podcast ministered to you, encouraged you, and that you're walking away with some tools on how to trust God, how to focus on Jesus, seeking the kingdom of God first. And that even in the midst of life difficulties, God challenges us to say yes, and that God speaks to us, and that God, that still small voice that we're hearing and encouraging and telling us to do new, new things, it's not just us, it's God, the Holy Spirit speaking to us, and that you will increase your own spiritual muscle memory as well. And be sure to go and find Fetch the Goodness because I think, friends, that is an amazing ministry for our children 
And we learn just as our children do from these shows. And friends, remember that nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.